the third child in the last probably month and a half or two months that we've had the privilege of baptizing and, and sharing in their profession, public profession of faith in Jesus Christ. Um, a couple weeks ago, we had the big cross. Today, we have all the balloons and the festivities. This is not for baptism. This is for the children's musical that they did last night, and they're going to do again tonight, and we'll say more about that. So uh, let me pray, and then we will uh, do our baptism. Father, thank you for this amazing, wonderful day, a day of life that you have given us. Father, we love you. We want you to be exalted in everything that is said and everything that is done this morning, and that includes, Father, in this baptism of Ella May. Lord, be glorified as she makes her profession of faith public to family, friends, and her church family. Lord, I know it's a great day of rejoicing in heaven. May it be a great day of rejoicing here at Northside as well. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Ready? Take your hand. There you go. All right. You'll step right up here for me. So this is Miss Ella May Thompson. Ella May, you are how old? Eight. She's eight years old. And she, like every person who steps in these waters, is a little bit nervous uh, as we look at all these faces. But I know you have some special people here with you today, uh, some family and friends. So if you are family or friends and you're here to support Ella May, would you just stand for a moment so, we can, so that she can mainly see? Look at all those people there who are here to support you on this special day. Awesome, awesome. Thank you all. You can be seated. So Ella May's story, we shared this uh, several weeks ago when she came forward, but Ella May was saved about three years ago. So when she was five years old, she was in uh, public school and a church, a local church, had a ministry afterwards. It was the Good News Club, is that what it was called? And so there uh, she heard about the gospel and gave her life to Jesus three years ago. And today she's coming to make that public. She wants you to know as her church family, as friends and family watching, that she belongs to Jesus. And so, LMA, I have one question for you. Do you confess this morning that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and Lord and Savior of your life? Yes. Awesome. If you'll bring your hands up for me. Then based upon that profession of faith, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in Christ, raised to walk in newness of life. Awesome. Good job, Ms. LMA. You can head back up there. Praise the Lord. Buried in Christ raised to walk in newness of life. I pray that that is your testimony and your story as well. Would you take a moment and stand and welcome those around you?
Sounds good hearing everybody worship. It's not every day you get to worship in front of the throne. This is a replica of the throne, of the gates of heaven, you see. Y'all come back tonight, you'll find out more about it. The kids will be putting it on their second showing of this. Let's please join together as we worship.
Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within. Upward I look and see him there who made an end of all my sin. Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God the just is Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning. Welcome to Northside. It's already been a great time of worship together. If this is your first time with us or maybe your first time in a long time, we are thrilled to have you here. We would like for you to let us know that this is your first time. You can do that a couple ways. There's a QR code somewhere in the bulletin. There it is that you can scan, fill out just a little bit of information about yourself online uh, or there's a connection card out there in the foyer at the welcome, te- the welcome desk. You can fill that out um, as well. So let me emphasize just a couple things for you. One, if you did not come last night to the kids' musical Splash Kingdom, you need, you must come back tonight. I'm telling you, it was incredible. Fifteen kids on this stage, they did an incredible job. You will be blessed. But what I love the most 
is the focus upon the gospel uh, of how you can become a follower of Christ. And so come tonight not only because you want to support the kids, but also because it's just a reminder of how God has rescued and saved us. And, and the only way to enter into the kingdom of God is through His Son, Jesus Christ. Um, last night was near perfection. You put 15 kids on stage, it was near perfection. So they got a lot to live up to tonight. But, uh, but I, I'm excited and you need to be here for that. The other thing I want to mention is you see in the bulletin about uh, a training we're doing on June 4th from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. called One Reason to Live. Uh, this is a ministry of, of Lou Kuhn. Some of you know him as Ken. Some of you are like, who's Lou? Is Ken and Lou the same person? Yes, same person. I call him Lou. This is his ministry. Lou is preaching at another church for the month of May, so he's not been able to be here to kind of plug this. But what he did do is he recorded a video. It's about a minute and a half or two minutes long just about this and encouraging you uh, to be a part of this. So check out this video, then I'll remind you how you can sign up and be a part of this. So if you guys will play the video. Hi, Northside family. In Acts chapter 16, Paul shouted to the jailer who was about to take his life, don't harm yourself, we're all here. I invite you to join me here at Northside on June 4th for the One Reason to Live Suicide Intervention Training. I'm reminded every day that the church is called to be the primary steward of hope, a light on a hill that cannot be hidden. 35% of people that take their lives visited a church the month before they died. Our generation is experiencing a mental health crisis the likes of which I have never seen. We must prepare ourselves for this epidemic of hopelessness that is sweeping across America. In 2020, the suicide rate for teens increased 60% in the state of Georgia. More than 1.5 million people each year are hospitalized due to the attempts that they make across the U.S. The mental health system in America is broken. Two out of five psychiatrists report that they're burnt out, and every therapist that I know is carrying an unsustainable caseload as individuals search for hope in a world that is falling apart before our very eyes. It's a tough subject, but it'll be a great day, and you'll walk away empowered, ready, willing, and able to help those who are lost and hopeless. I've heard all the reasons why people think they want to die. It is the faith community that holds the key. The church has no equal in its ability to help a hurting world, no that there's always one reason to live. Register today at onereasontolive.com, and I look forward to seeing you on June 4th. God bless. I want to encourage you, if you are interested in coming, to go ahead and register. It helps us. We're going to provide lunch. Lou is opening this up uh, into the community. Um, so law enforcement, others, there's certain trainings that they can take. They can get credit by coming to this. So we're hoping to have some of those uh, folks with us so we can just love on them. So if you want to register, you go to onereasontolive.org. It's right here in the bulletin. It's very simple. You click on events. There's a, a list of events of where he's going to be doing the trainings. You'll see Northside Baptist Church. Click on that, and then you just fill out some information. Man, I really, really want to encourage you. He gave you all the stati statistics um, and he said there's many reasons that people don't want to live. They want to die. But we have one reason to live. 
And that's Jesus Christ and the hope that he gives us. And we as the faith community can speak and can be light into the midst of darkness, into what is a mental health crisis uh, in the world. And so please register for that. Um, it, it'll be a long day. Um, like you said, it's a hard subject, but, uh, but I, I believe it will benefit all of us. So I hope you will do that. Let me pray, um, and then we'll continue to worship together. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for, Lord, just your love, your grace, your mercy, your kindness, your compassion. God, thank you for the hope that we have in Jesus. Thank you for that hope. Father, we're going to sing, Oh, Happy Day, in just a few minutes. Lord, the reality is through Jesus Christ, today should be a happy day. It should be a day filled with joy. But God, even those of us who are followers of Christ, sometimes we fall on hard days. We fall upon days of darkness where we are struggling with depression and even mental illness. And God, we just need to be reminded today of your unchanging love, your unchanging grace. Father, maybe there are some unbelievers here today. Those who have never chosen to follow Jesus. Those who, as the scripture says, Lord, have rejected Jesus Christ. Father, maybe through LMA's baptism or through us, the words that we sang or through the message this morning, maybe their hearts will be convicted, will be pricked. And Father, they will give their life to you today. What a day of celebration that would be. It'd be a happy day, Father, if you would allow us to see that today. Father, continue to be glorified in all that is said and done this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. All God's people said, would you please stand? Let's sing together.
Amen. Thank you, choir. All right, at this time, our children are going to make their way to Children's Church, so pre-K and K, and then first and second graders as well. Everyone else, if you'll please take your Bibles and turn to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. We'll get a, give a moment for all of our kids to make their way out. Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to be this morning in verses 15 and 16. Ephesians 5 verses 15 and 16. So I hope you will take your copy of God's Word and follow along. Would you please stand in honor of the reading of God's Word. Ephesians 5, verses 15 and 16. This is the word of the Lord. Look carefully, then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Let's pray. Father, as we open up your word, we pray that you would speak to our hearts. Father God, remove any distractions so that we might make the best use of our time this morning, redeeming this opportunity that we have to hear the preaching of your word. Speak clearly, speak boldly through me, hide me behind the cross, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I read this week about an ancient Greek statue that depicted a man with wings on his feet, a large lock of hair on the front of his head, no hair at all on the back of his head. Beneath was the inscription, Who made thee? Lysippus made me. That was the sculptor. What is thy name? My name is Opportunity. Why hast thou wings on thy feet, that I may fly away swiftly? Why hast thou a great forelock, that men may seize me when I come? Why art thou bald in back, that when I am gone by, none can lay hold of me? I thought that was interesting, as we're thinking about time this morning, right? You have an opportunity. What you have is this present moment. You cannot get tomorrow or yesterday back. Whatever you failed to get done yesterday or whatever maybe was left unsaid or, man, I wish I wouldn't have said that, you cannot take back what happened yesterday. It is gone, bald in the back, right? No hair for you to grab onto. It's gone. What you have is right now. You are not promised tomorrow. You're not promised this afternoon. You have this moment right now. And so God has a word for us this morning. There in verse 15. It reads, the ESV, look carefully then. Your translation may say, therefore. So what is the therefore, therefore? Well, it's looking back immediately to verse 14. Awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead. Christ will shine on you. Therefore, look carefully how you walk. We could even go back to verse 1 of chapter 5. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. As children of God, look carefully then how you walk. We can go even further back to chapter 4, verse 1. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, 
urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. What is that walk? What is that life that's lived in a manner worthy of the calling to which we've been called? What does it look like? Well, here in verse 15, we see that we are to look carefully then how you walk. So let me kind of paint a big picture for you as to where we're going. So verses 15 through 21 close out chapter 5. We're going to spend the next several weeks going through these just one verse at a time. Next Sunday, we have graduation Sunday. We'll recognize our graduates. That'll take 10 to 15 minutes of the service. So I'm going to try to preach shorter sermons and just spread the verses out. So um, we'll get through verse 21 sometime in the middle of June, and then we're going to take a time out in the book of Ephesians, which we've been in for a long time, and then we're going to pick it back up probably middle of August. Once everybody's vacations are over, kids are back in school, because what we begin to see in verse 22 and following through chapter 6 is all God's Word is. It's very important. And so we're gonna, we'll are gonna we get there in um, probably in August. But here's what I want you to see for the next couple weeks. In verses 15 through 18, the Apostle Paul makes three not-but statements. Three not-but statements. So look at them really quick. Verse 15, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. So that was one. Not as unwise, but but is wise. We'll look at that one today. Next week, we'll look at um, verse 17. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So that's the second not but statement. And the third one, we'll look at at the end of May. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. So Paul is giving us some contrast. Not this way, but this way. And so that's where we're going to be this morning, verses 15 and 16. Number one, I want you to notice, I don't have any notes on the screen today, so just hopefully if you're taking notes, you can follow along. Number one, I want you to see that in Christ, you are wise. In Christ, you are wise. In Christ was the name that I gave to this series in Ephesians. Those of us who are in Christ, right, we are followers of Christ. We've been saved by grace through faith. In Christ, you are wise. Wise. That's what he says. Look carefully, then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. He's saying you are wise in Christ. Now we have to understand we haven't always been wise. Apart from Christ, we were the opposite, unwise, or the Bible calls us fools. Apart from Christ, we were fools. Listen to what scripture says. Proverbs twenty two, fifteen says, Folly is bound up in the heart of a child. You were born a fool. I was born a fool, according to Scripture. Psalm 14.1, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. What is a fool? A fool is someone who says there is no God. There was a time in which I did not believe and trust in God. Psalm 14.1 says they are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is none who does good. So the fool says there is no God, and the fool acts corruptly. Proverbs 12.15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. So who is a fool? A fool does what is right in his own eyes. That fool determines, I believe this is right, this is wrong. That fool says, I, I, I'm, I don't know how to distinguish truth from error. The fool lives his life based on his opinion and not the word of God. Listen to how Paul describes the fool, the Gentile, the person apart from Christ. Chapter 4, verse 17. Now this I say and testify in the Lord. 
that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They become callous, have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. So Paul is going to say we are to walk in wisdom because we are wise, but we must understand that apart from Jesus Christ, we are not wise, but we are unwise. We are foolish. So now what Paul is saying is you've given your life to Christ, you're now wise. You remember his argument from last week? He says that we are to walk as children of light. Why? Because he tells us who we are in Christ. He says right there, you are light in the Lord. So because you are light in the Lord, in Christ, therefore, walk as children of light. What's his argument this morning? He says, who are you? In Christ, you are wise. In Christ, you are wise. So take your Bibles and go to 1 Corinthians, because I want you to see this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And then after this, we'll, we'll get into some of the practical stuff, what he says this looks like. But we need to understand, in Christ, we are wise. So 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24. The Apostle, the Apostle Paul, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says this, But to those who were called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. We often talk about the power of God, that, that God has rescued us from our sins and delivered us from our addictions and saved us from hell. We often talk about how Christ is the power of God, but what does Paul say here? He is also the wisdom of God. Now drop down to verse 30, chapter 1, 1 Corinthians. And because of him, you are in who? Christ Jesus. You're in Christ Jesus, who became to us, look at this, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Now, as preachers and pastors and Christians, we do a really good job at times of focusing on three out of those four. We talk about that you and I were unrighteous apart from Christ, because of God saving us, because of Christ dying in our place on the cross, taking our penalty, bearing the wrath of God for our sins, that he who knew no sin became righteousness for us. So Christ is my righteousness. So when God sees me, because I'm in Christ, he doesn't see my sin, he sees the righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ. He also says that in Christ, we are sanctified. You're set apart. You are holy because Christ makes you holy. He then says you have redemption, that he is your redemption, that he has rescued you and saved you from slavery to sin, and he set you apart. We, we focus on three of those, but there's one we often neglect. It's the first one he mentions, that Christ, in Christ Jesus, who became to us what? Wisdom from God. In Christ, you are now wise. This is amazing. The Lord Jesus Christ, right now at this moment, if you are in Christ, what I mean by in Christ is you have been saved by grace through faith alone in Christ alone. Confess your sins, turn from your sins, take hold of Jesus. Right now, God numbers you among the wise. You say, Pastor, I don't feel very wise. Maybe you're not living out that wisdom, but in Christ, you are numbered among the wise. He no longer sees you as a fool separated from him but he has brought you near and you are wise it's who you are in christ brothers and sisters 
so therefore, the argument, you are wise in the Lord, so therefore, what does he say? Walk in wisdom. So that's the second thing I want you to notice. In Christ, you were wise. Second thing, practical application. Now you are to walk in wisdom. Wisdom is a huge theme in the Old Testament. You have the wisdom literature. Typically, five books that we see as wisdom literature. Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. Just wisdom literature. Now, wisdom isn't just knowing stuff. We call that knowledge. Wisdom is practical application of acquired knowledge. So you know God's Word, you know what God's Word says about you, you know what God's Word says about salvation, about sin, about how you are to live. Wisdom is then living that out, practically living out the knowledge. And at the root of wise living, Proverbs says, is what? The fear of the Lord. So you and I, as followers of Christ, are to walk in wisdom. So look what he says about this. Look carefully then how you walk. Look carefully. The Greek word means look carefully to do with accuracy or exactness. It was an accounting term. Some of you have done some work in accounting. In accounting, you can't guesstimate. In accounting, you must be precise. Well, do they give you a $10 bill or a $100 bill? I don't know. Does it really matter? Yes, it matters. You have to be precise. So what Paul is saying is when it comes to our walk, we've been saved by grace. Now we're living out this Christian life, following Christ. We are to look carefully how we walk. Walk with precision. Walk with care. Brothers and sisters, it matters how you and I live our lives. Absolutely matters. How you as a follower of Christ, claiming the name of Jesus, how we live. We are to look carefully, examining our lives. Let me ask you a question. What matters most to you? What do you care about? Some of you really care about work. And you take great care in your work. You show up early, you work hard, you make sure your work is done, you spend a lot of time in your work. Some of you, hopefully all of you, deeply care about your family. You want them to know you're present, that you love them, you want to support them, you want to provide for them, you pray for them, you're there for them because you care about them. Some of you care about your health. Some of you not so much. Some of us care about it. Like some of you, you eat right, you exercise daily. Man, I envy those of you who exercise daily. I have no desire to exercise. But you really care about your health. Some of you care about your looks. You'll spend 45 minutes in front of that mirror every morning getting ready for work. Some of you spend five minutes. Like, you could care less. If your clothes are ironed, if you match, if you got the same solid, you just don't care about how you look, so you don't put in the time and energy. Some of you care about your education. You want to make all A's. Some of you could care less if you bring home C's and D's. You just don't care. You're not willing to put in the extra time. Some of you really care about your hobbies. Like, you're going to invest your time in these certain things that you enjoy doing what does paul say look carefully then how you walk your christian life matters how you live matters look carefully be precise and how you live your life we should choose our steps carefully why because it should be our desire to please the lord in all that we do 
We understand living this way is not what saves us. We're saved by grace. And out of that gratitude, we want to live the life that he has saved us to live. We want to please the Lord. Now, if we don't pay attention to our Christian walk, if we don't pay attention to our Christian witness, if we're not diligent to read and study and to pray and to surround ourselves with brothers and sisters in Christ, what will happen if we're not diligent and we're not paying attention is we're going to drift or revert into foolishness. All of us have the propensity and the temptation to revert and to, and to go right back into foolishness. So let me give you four Ds. Four Ds. If you're not careful how you walk, you will begin to doubt God. Over time, if you're not faithfully in the Word of God, if you're being influenced by the world and not God, you'll begin to doubt God's Word. You're not going to fully trust Him and believe Him and take Him and take hold of His promises. The second thing is you'll become distracted. I wonder how many of us have become distracted by the world. We care more about our social media presence, or we care more about the latest show on Netflix. We care more about our favorite sports team. Like, this is what we're giving our lives to. Because this is what matters. And we're neglecting the other things of God. Sometimes you'll just become outright disobedient. You'll begin to live in sin. And when people call you to repentance, when the Word of God convicts you through a sermon, you just push it away. Because you've wandered away. You've neglected the things of God. You become disobedient. Or the last D is desire. You begin to desire the wrong things. Or the good things that God has given you become a God in your life, and then therefore it becomes an idol that you're worshiping, and that becomes a bad thing. And so if we're not careful in how we walk and live our lives, all of us will walk right back into foolishness. And let me tell you, young folks, this room is filled with people who look back at their life and say, man, I was foolish. I wish I had never done that. I wish I had been more faithful to walk with the Lord here. I wish I would have been more faithful to trust. Because we've learned. We've learned if we're not walking with God and being careful about how we're walking, that we'll walk right back into foolishness. And then he continues, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Verse 16, Making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Let me break that down. The Greek word, it's one word, English translation, ESV, translates it making the best use of the word is a greek word it means to redeem it means to buy back so he's talking about buying back your time it was often used to refer to slaves because what would happen right there was a lot of slavery going on in, in the new testament so some people would go purchase a slave they would buy a slave in order to set them free like there had to be a payment for their freedom they would pay and they would set them free and so he's saying, listen, you need to see your time as something you can buy back. Buy up all the time that you have and give it to the Lord. Devote it to the Lord. He says, making the best use of the time. Now that Greek word for time is not the Greek word chronos. That would be clock time. That would be hours, minutes, seconds. That's not what he's saying. When he's saying make the best use of the time, he's not saying make the best use of every second or every minute. Yes, that matters. But he uses the Greek word kairos, which means measured, allocated, fixed. So here's the thing. We know this from Scripture. God has set boundaries to our lives. God knows your first day. God also knows your last day. 
the day that you will take your final breath. God knows. God has set a boundary to that. Psalm 39, 4. O Lord, make me know my end and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting I am. So God has set boundaries. Now listen, your boundary might be different than mine. Some of you, have, you're already in your 80s. I may not even see my 50s. I don't know. So the boundaries are different. The span of our life is different. But within however many years you have, whether it's 20 or 90, God gives you opportunities within those boundaries. And we are to live and take the most of those opportunities for His glory. Psalm 90 verse 12 says, So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Colossians 4, 5, Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Why? Because the days are, he says, evil. We live in the midst of evil days. Anybody want to argue that point? Just look around. Right? We live in a world uh, that is going to seek to hinder us. We understand that there's more than just the physical world. There's the spiritual dimension, right? Satan seeking to hinder us and destroy us. The days are evil. Listen, don't avoid them. You can't avoid them because eventually they're going to come knocking at your doorstep. Don't fear the evil days. Don't live in fear, trembling, oh my goodness, I can't leave my house. No, in the midst of these evil days, seek to live wisely. In Christ you are wise. He has given us his word. He's given you the Holy Spirit. Seek to live wisely in these evil days. Seek to please the Lord in every opportunity. I want you and I to begin to see the time, to see our days as opportunities. That we would use those opportunities for eternal significance. So Jonathan Edwards, when he was young, wrote a long list of resolutions. The 17th resolution that he wrote is this. Number 17, resolved never to lose one moment of time, but to improve it in the most profitable way I possibly can. So this morning during Sunday school, the Spirit laid something on my heart. This isn't in my notes. This is free. This is extra. Just for you this morning. That we are to make the most of every opportunity. So right now you have an opportunity. You're here physically in this place. Some of you are watching online. So you are to make the most of every opportunity. So for you, right now, that means sitting under, hearing the Spirit of God through the preaching of His Word. So let me ask you, are you making the most of this opportunity? How many of you are tired? And you're tired, not because it was a long week, though it was, but you're tired because you stayed up till 2 a.m. just piddling around. And now you're exhausted, thinking, Pastor, you're boring. I may be boring, but you're extra tired because you didn't make the most of this opportunity to be ready to hear the Word of God. Some of you, and I don't know because I, I can't pay that close attention, some of you are distracted because your phone's in your hand, and you're not making the most of this opportunity. Some of you are distracted because of the person sitting to the left or right. You're not making the most of this opportunity. 
Some of you are, you're, you're, you've made choices that's led you to a certain place where your heart is just distracted and you can't hear. Like, listen, right now at this moment, if God in this opportunity said, this is what I'm speaking to you, this is what I'm calling you to salvation, are you even in a position where you can hear him? Like right now, if he's saying, Ryan, are you hearing? Are you in a position? I told you that was free. I, I wasn't even prepared for that until about 45 minutes ago. So hopefully that, hopefully that speaks to you. Wherever we are, man, we have to be wise concerning our ways and concerning our days. Listen, you may never get the opportunity to sit under the preaching of God's word again. This may be the last moment. Don't let a distraction, don't let your sin keep you from coming to Jesus and declaring him to be Lord and Savior of your life. So here's how I want to close the message. I want to give you two different illustrations. One, from my, from my previous church, I had a sweet, sweet couple. They were an elderly couple, uh, Wallace and Myrna Kelly. They, they, were, they were short. I, they, they, were, they were teeny, tiny people, and he, they'd always come to the line, and uh, eventually they were only, I was there like eight or nine years. They were probably only there a couple years, and they moved to Vero Beach because they had a Baptist home and assisted living, and that's where they moved to, and sweet people. But he would come through the line week after week, and it became our thing. I'd say, hey, Wallace, how you doing, brother? He'd say, man, I really could have used two extra hours this past week. He'd come through the next week. Wallace, how you doing, brother? Man, it was a great week. I got everything done. Next week, Wallace, how you doing, brother? Man, I really could have used four extra hours this past week. And they moved away, and he would write back letters and cards, and, and he'd put in there, hey, I'm two hours short. And it just became a joke. But, man, it got me thinking. You know the great equalizer is time doesn't matter how much money you make it doesn't matter what kind of family you came from it doesn't matter if you're a believer or an unbeliever you get 24 hours a day 365 days a year and every four years we get an extra day i think because the lord knew we needed it right we needed that extra day the leap year you do not get extra time you do not get 24 and a half hours it's the great equalizer and the other great equalizer is this, one out of one dies. Every one of us in this room, my family talks about death. Ryan says we're morbid. It's the reality. We're all going to die, so let's make sure we're ready and prepared for it. And so the question for you is, do you know Jesus? You're not going to get any extra time than what the Lord has already allotted for you. And here's the thing, you don't know that, and I don't know that. And we also don't know when Jesus is coming back. We talked about that in Sunday school this morning with the students. You don't know that. So you need to be ready now, right now, this moment. Do you know Jesus? Can you with LMA say that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, the Lord and Savior of my life? At least you can put it off. You can walk out of here and say, man, I was convicted with LMA's public testimony. I was convicted through a song. I was convicted through the suicide video. I was convicted through the sermon. But I'm just going to push the Spirit of God away, and I'm going to walk out here still lost, and I'm just going to take my chances. I wouldn't recommend that. That's not wise. Rather, confess your sins and give your life to Jesus Christ right now. Today is a day of salvation. If you don't know Jesus, get right with him now. Confess those sins, turn from those sins, and believe in Jesus. And if you do know Jesus, understand God gives you opportunities. Use them for his glory. Here's the second illustration. Several years ago, 
I heard about, and I tried to Google it uh, the other day, and I couldn't find it. it. It was called I, the letter I, Kids 560. The I, I think, stood for the name of the church, maybe Emmanuel, the kids. It was a kids ministry, so this was their kids ministry name. They had a clever name, I Kids 560. And I thought, man, what is the 560 for? Is it like chapter 5, verse 60 in some book? I mean, like, what chapters have 60 verses? Trying to think through it. But here's the reality. Thankfully, the website told me. From birth to middle school, parents, we have roughly 560 weeks to impact our children with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have 560 weeks from the time they're born to the time they'll graduate eighth grade and go off into high school. For one of my kids, I passed the 560 weeks. For the other, Malachi, I don't know where I am. I didn't calculate how many weeks I got left, right? But the point is this. Our time to make a difference in the lives of our kids is short. So I want to close the sermon this way. Because this weekend has been a reminder to me of the importance and the value that we as the body of Christ have to pour into our children. 560 weeks, parents, you have. 560 weeks, family, church family, we have for when a child is born and we celebrate with that family and they're part of our family until they will graduate middle school and go off into high school. And every day counts. Every opportunity counts. Every moment that we have with our kids, every moment that we can point them to Jesus Christ matters. Listen, some of you seniors, you came last night to support these kids. You have no idea how much that meant to me. And I know a lot of you are planning on coming back tonight as a church family to support these kids. What they're doing up here matters. It matters. We, we had 20-something kids last week just in children's church. God's bringing us families and these families need Jesus. And we know we're living in a world that is going to be more hostile to them than they ever have. Church, the world you grew up in as a kid is not the world my son Malachi is growing up in. Not even close. Sin is still sin, but it's just a different world. And so are we going to take the most of every opportunity to celebrate them and point them to Jesus? Because that's what we're called to do as a family of God, to disciple the younger generation, so that they become faithful men and women of God who love the Lord Jesus Christ. So my question for you this morning is simple. Number one, do you know Jesus? Because that matters chiefly and supremely. Do you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life? If you don't, would you make that decision right now? To confess your sins, to turn from your sins, and to say, Jesus, will you save a sinner, a fool like me, and make me right with you? And then the other question is this, and this is for Christians. Are you looking carefully? Are you examining your life to say, what do I value more than Christ? Maybe it's not a wrong thing, but maybe I just value it more. Are you making the most of every opportunity that God has given you? Are you faithfully in God's word? If not, what is keeping you from this? Are you praying? Are you faithfully sitting under the preaching of God's word? 
Are you faithfully in a Sunday school class where you're talking about God's Word? Are your children involved in the different ministries that we have to offer? Look, I know there's a hundred distractions that could keep us away, but hear my heart. Hear my heart. When you stand before Jesus, none of us are going to say, yeah, but look how involved my kids were in this activity. But look how much we did this. None of that will matter when you see Jesus face to face. All that's going to matter is did your kids, did your wife, did your brothers and sisters know that Jesus was more supreme than anything else in your life? And it was all because of his grace, all because of his mercy that he saved you. Are you making the best use of your time? If you're not, will you just confess that this morning? Because here's what I know. My God is gracious, and he will forgive you. And if Christ indwells you, then he will give you the wisdom you need to make those changes, the power to make those changes, so that you and I can begin to walk with him. Would you close your eyes and bow your head? In just a moment, we're going to have a time of, of worship to respond to the teaching and the preaching of God's word. And I pray that your heart and your mind was in a, a position this morning where you could hear God's word. And now that you've heard it, I want you to respond. That's wisdom. Hearing, having knowledge, and then putting it into practice. So how do you need to respond this morning? Maybe it's a sin to confess. Maybe you need to come and just pray here at the altar. Maybe there's somebody in your life that you need to pray for, that you know you've missed opportunities to share Jesus with them or to pray for them or... Man, things have just distracted you, led you to a place of disobedience, led you to a place where you're doubting God, doubting His purpose for you. Listen, all I'm asking you to do this morning is just to cry out to God. Just to cry out to Him and say, God, will you help me to examine my heart and my life? Because I want to be faithful and obedient to live as the light and to walk in wisdom. And I recognize, God, we recognize right now that is impossible apart from you. I am not asking these people, Father, to go do this in their own strength. The point of this message really isn't even do, 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 but it is to know who you are in Christ, to trust in Christ, to sit with Christ, to make every, the most of every opportunity, man, just to impact the kingdom of Christ for your glory, Father. For your glory, I pray. So speak to our hearts now and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand? Let's worship together. The altar is always open. If you want to come and pray, I'm available at the front. Can I survey the
standing for just a moment. want to remind you that we have baby bottles available right up here in the crib. This is for the Coweta Pregnancy Center. Again, this is an opportunity for us to do things that's advancing the kingdom of God as those folks do amazing work uh, standing for the sanctity of life. So pick up this bottle. You can fill it with change, cash, a check. Just make sure that check is made out to Coweta Pregnancy Services. Bring it back by Father's Day. Um, just a couple other things. We'll have a QR code in the bulletin next week so that you can register for Vacation Bible School because that's coming up in July. I saw there were some t-shirts out there. I think you can maybe pick those up, and so we'll get all that information to you. Again, next Sunday, be here because we're going to recognize our graduates. Uh, that's something that 
the north side's done for a while we devote a significant amount of time to our worship service just to come along these folks and say hey we're proud of you um, and we love you and we're going to continue to pray for you as god takes you into that uh, next season of your life uh trip is going to close us in prayer this morning after he prays you are dismissed come back tonight starts at six o'clock you will be blessed i promise <laughs>